you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D, and you're listening to Cup of Grind. I'm really excited about my guest today because she's like a big sister to me. She is someone that has really encouraged me to get in front of the camera more, to do live videos, to speak to my audience. Because the fun fact about me is I actually don't like being in front of the camera, which is why I really enjoy radio, which is why I really enjoy podcasting. And really, it's because I know that I get shit done behind the scenes and I really don't have to be in the forefront. I'm speaking of none other than A. Nicole. Her government is Alexandria Grant. Uh, A. Nicole actually has done some amazing things in her community from being a philanthropist, plus size empowerment coach, networking strategist, event planner, motivational speaker with two degrees under her belt. She has a career in fundraising and nonprofit and being a mentor for college students. She also has her own nonprofit called A Woman's Release. So stay tuned to hear how she turned her trauma into a testimony to change the lives of the women around her. Check it out. What's up, man? What up, what up? I'm really excited to have you on today. You know, you like a big sister to me. I don't even know how to really explain, you know, all that you do. I don't really know what title to give you. So, you know, I decided I was going to let you kind of tell your own story. You know, you really control the narrative and really, what do you want to be called? You know, strategist, event planner, what is it? Empowerment coach, what is it? Girl, listen, all I want to do is be an empowerment coach, literally. That's it. I just want to empower women, men, children, whomever, whoever wants to be a business owner, whatever they want to do. I just want to be that uh, soft-spoken or that undermined voice that can say, you can do it, you got this, you know? I don't, I'm not into titles, so, you know, if we want to be professional about it, I give myself a, you know, a motivational speaker or event planner, but I just want to be that silent voice to keep on pushing people to do the right thing. You know, I can understand uh, wearing many hats, as you know, um, having, you know, this podcast, having my strategy business where I really help people that have an idea and want to push it. So we have some similar goals, you know, apparel line and all types of things. So I, I get it. It's really hard to kind of put one title on yourself because you don't really want to limit yourself. And I have noticed that you really encourage people to not limit themselves. So how did you get to this place? Like, have you always been outspoken or was this a gradual change over time? I have not always been outspoken. I've always been that person that was behind the scenes, just trying to help people or, you know, whatever I can do to help them without anybody knowing. But me going through a terrible relationship for 10 years, I was just like, I got to get out here and help these people because I have helped people through just hurting helping people through my pain, my depression, and people never knew. And I was like, you know what? I've been through so much stuff. I definitely can help somebody. And I have got to get out of my comfort zone. And I think that's where we kind of, you know, have that fear or that 
uh, reservation of, no, nah, I'm not going to do it because I don't know what people going to think. And that's where I was at one point in my life, let's say probably about two years ago, where I just was like, I don't know what these folks going to think about me. If I tell them that I was in this terrible relationship and as I was helping people, I was depressed my own self. So I just feel like I had to do something to overcome that. And so that's why I decided to go public because I've been doing event planning and motivational speaking for a very long time. I just never put it out there in the public where everybody could know if that makes sense. No, that that makes a lot of sense because I think we all have a lot of skills. And that's one of the things that I, I plan to do and continue to do, which is why I started the, this this podcast is to really show people how to monetize their skills and talents and really use their, you know, their gifts that God already gave them and really do something to impact the world. So I think you're doing some amazing things. Um, And just kind of thinking about, you know, how you were in a relationship and how that led to you really coming to who you are today. Um, As relationships change, you know, just naturally. But when you become a business owner, I think everyone can agree that those relationships change across the board, whether it's family or personal, professional, that kind of that that does create a shift in the relationships that you have. How have your relationships changed since you kind of made, you know, become public with all the services you offer and all the things that you can do? Um, How have your relationships changed? Well, I honestly say that I have, and I tell people this all the time, just 2018 alone, I probably lost at least four to five people that were really close to me uh, just on the, the basis of me going public and doing what I do because of course, people are already probably hating on you or don't like you, and you just don't know it until you start to, uh, as they say, come up in the world or you seem like you're making money and you're doing all of these things. So I've definitely lost four or five people that were really, really close to me, and it did hurt. It was very hurtful because I would think that a friend that I've been friends with for 10, 15 years, you will be excited for me. You will be happy for me. But you decided to either blast me on social media or, you know, tell all my business or, you know, just cross me in ways that I would never even imagine. And so I've just learned to just deal with it and move on like it is what it is, because if I ponder over it or try to rehash things that happened years ago that we still talking about in 2019, then I would not be where I am today. Yeah, that and that makes sense. So what was your very first business? Because since you do a lot now, like what was your very first business? Well, my very, very first business was um, being a part of my mom's business. My mom is an event planner. She's been one probably um, about 30 years now. And so I was a part of that, you know, that operation of her doing Christmas parties, weddings, birthday parties, and all of those things. But um, back in 2015, I decided to um, open up a nonprofit organization called A Woman's Release. And that organization was for women who are, were between the ages of 18 and 34 who were going through, you know, singleness or being a single parent, you know, struggling being a single parent, you know, maybe wanting to go back to school or, you know, financial barriers, trying to get a job or whatever they needed to do. I wanted to be that open voice for them to be able to come and sit down with me. I helped them get through their struggles or whatever they needed to do. So back in 2015, I started that nonprofit organization and it kind of just led me to where I am today. Okay. And what were some of the mistakes that you made when you first started out? 
Not having a business plan. Just going with the flow. Okay. So, you know what? I'm the type of person. I actually, I don't believe in business plans. I believe in having a plan, but I don't believe in the traditional format of a business plan. So, like, I do really promote, like, a one-sheet, a one-page business plan that really does hit the key points of a traditional business plan. So, like, do you feel like the traditional business plan is what you need, or you just mean, like, some type of strategic plan to guide you? I think the traditional business plan would have been fine, but just not even, I'm not going to say even just the business plan. I'm going to be real. Just going and doing things without a plan, without, you know, just jumping out there doing something and then not even having goal one or goal two to follow by just getting out there and doing something without a plan and then there's no plan a there's no plan b there's no plan c i'm just going with the flow and so one thing that i've realized as a business owner is that you have to have a plan even if the plan doesn't go the way that you expect it to go yeah that's real um i definitely believe that you know even if it means i mean i plan things even as far as social media so i i agree right i mean I think it's it's very important and really we are not going to have a scalable business of any kind without putting plans and processes into place. So seeing is where you are now, you know, you're doing events, um, you know, you're doing a lot of things as it relates to just empowering and inspiring people. Um, you do a lot of videos on Facebook, so you tap into marketing and things like that. What's your sweet spot? What do you what do you enjoy the most? My sweet spot is God. And a lot of people, you know, may not understand that, but everything that I do is God driven. Um, and I say that because I definitely have built a relationship just in the last couple of years with him in everything that I do. And I really don't like to be so spiritual so because people won't see the realness in me. But I only I believe that me having that relationship with God allows me to enter in people's world where somebody else may not be able to get into um, because I definitely tap into him before I even do anything, before I plan an event, before I even have my life coaching sessions with my clients. I always pray and I always ask God, okay, what am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to approach this person? So that's my sweet spot is just listening to the spirit. You know, even when I'm on live, um, if you watch me on live, I may stop and stop talking and it's because God is saying, say this or make sure that you, you know, mention this when you're talking because, you know, you never know who's listening to you. Because most of the time I don't know who's watching me on my lives because Facebook now has changed of how they show you who's watching you on live. And so I don't know who's watching me. I don't know how many viewers I have. So I never know who I'm reaching. But every time, whether it's a life coaching session or it's a Facebook live and I say something, I follow the spirit of God, somebody inboxes me or somebody mysteriously finds my number to call and say, hey, thank you for this. You said this and you said that. And I'm like, that wasn't me. That was God. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think that you can be um, you know, too, too spiritual because that is who you are. So I think you should continue to grow from that and continue to use that as your platform for sure. So you are like a lot of people where you, you know, have a nine to five, you work in a job while you're still managing to run um, a business and scale and, and do a lot of good things. What would you say about yourself? Because what we do on a couple of grind podcasts, we keep it real, real. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what about you? What are the things that you know about you that have really kept you from really reaching a certain level of success? 
that you're capable of reaching? Fear. Fear fear of failure. And it's crazy that you asked me that shit because I just was talking about that a second ago on Facebook Live. And my question was, what's holding you back from starting your own business? And of course, I'm very transparent. So I always, you know, try to tell people, look, I'm not perfect. You know, so my my biggest fear is fear of failure. And that's one of the reasons why I have not come off my job is because I'm like, okay, if I come off my job, will I really be successful? Because right now, business is booming. But what am I going to do during those times when it's not? You know, am I going to financially be able to live live the way that I live right now? Because my thing is, if I come off my job, I still need to be able to live the same way. That's just how I feel about being an entrepreneur. I still want to live comfortably. So my biggest fear is failure and procrastination. You know, I will wait till the last minute to do something. And so I've been working on that because, baby, listen, I have something to do tomorrow and I do it tomorrow. So I've been trying to work on that. Okay. Yeah, I know that for me, it was, it was, it's definitely procrastination. You know, I, I'm, I like you. I, I don't know if it's, the excitement of just like being able to accomplish it in such a short amount of time or what it is. But I have definitely had to force myself to like, even if I do a little bit every day and kind of leading up to like whatever my deadline is, I've really had to kind of do that for sure. Cause otherwise. Right. right. Cause I'm definitely learning how to live by my calendar. I had to tell my mom, I was like, look, man, look, you're going to have to get on my calendar like everybody else. I love you, but <laughs> you're just going to have to get on this calendar like everybody else because I will get off track so quickly. So if you're not on my schedule, I, I can't deal with you. Even it comes to down to like answering my phone. Like, okay, I don't have time because if I get on the phone, I know I'm going to talk to you 30, 45 minutes. Mm-mm, I'm going to call you back when I have a little free time. Right. That's real, though. That is very real. And, and what I have found is that when you kind of set those boundaries, those healthy boundaries, um, people will respect it and they will take what you do seriously as well. Right. So I've seen you before on a different social media platforms talk about you get you were giving the people you were giving the people tips. Especially going into the new year. So let's talk about some of those tips. What are some, first I want you to give me, for real, for real, give me a sales tip that you can share with our listeners. I'm really, just like one sales tip that you think is important for any business owner of any industry of any kind to know. And then let's go into some other tips that you just want people to know for for good business practices. One sales tip. I work in sales. Um, I work for a nonprofit organization and we definitely have to sell because we're asking for donations. So the biggest thing that I've seen and that I have experienced myself is to be personable. People want to see you. They know you're trying to sell them something because people can come out very salesy. It's like a used car salesman. That person is going to try to sell you anything off of their lot because they're just trying to make a sale. Then they're going to do whatever it takes. But if you're personable with that person and, you know, saying things like, oh, my God, you look so nice. But, girl, those are some nice earrings that you have on. You might sell beaded bracelets, no earrings on your table. But if you say, girl, you look so nice. Oh, my God, I love your earrings. And that's bringing them in as being a person. You're being real with them. You're being human. 
and then they can just come and they might buy everything off your table or whatever you have just by making a comp, you know, giving them a compliment or saying something nice to them. So I think that's one tip that we have to do. We can't just go into a sales um, just thinking about we're trying to sell this item. We have to be very personable um, with with our customer or client. For real. Some of those good business practices that you were sharing with the people, and I know you stepped on some toes. <laughs> Listen, focus all in my inbox. What are some of those things you think is important for whether they a business a business owner should know and even some consumers because we are still consumers as well. Um, one thing, one of the tips that I gave and it, it and it was very I, I rubbed some some shoulders. I stepped on some toes when I said this, and I said before you put your product out, make sure that it's perfected, or before you move to a next business venture, make sure that you perfect the one that you have. For example, if you are a paparazzi consultant, everybody knows what that is. It's $5 jewelry. And you want to also possibly, let's say you want to open up an online boutique. Well, you need to make sure that paparazzi can sell itself without you touching it. That's perfecting your craft. That means that somebody need, they know, okay, Alex sells paparazzi. I know I can go to her website. I can buy whatever I want to buy. And Alex never has to work paparazzi because paparazzi is going to work itself. So you have to perfect that craft. You have to perfect that business before you move to the next. And I think a lot of times as business owners, because we want to make money, you know, that's the goal, making money. But we all over the place. We have this business going on over here. We got this business going on over there. But one of those businesses need to be able to work yourself. So that you won't be all over the place. So that when you do move to your second and third business, business number one, you should not have to worry about that, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It does. Um, another one, uh, I always tell people if you can if you don't have good customer service skills, don't be the face of your business. Like if you know you can't deal with people, <laughs> hire you somebody who can do it for you. Because I'm going to tell you something, baby, Alexandra Nicole can have a real jacked up attitude. So when I have my events, I have 10 people that work for me the day of the event. Why? Because I don't want to have attitude. So because if you are late to my event, I'm going to have attitude with you, especially if you are a vendor. So I remove myself from the situation. I go somewhere and I hide in the back until the event starts. And then I come out. I let my people deal with those vendors or those customers or whatever, because I don't want to have attitude with somebody that may be coming in to give me a thousand dollars and I might snap them up because, oh, such and such was late to the event. So I feel like if you cannot, if you don't have customer service skills, everybody doesn't have them. Everybody is not able to deal with people. And that's something that you have to learn about yourself. Get somebody that can. I remember going to a restaurant and it was a black owned restaurant trying to support them. And when I walked in, the owner, she didn't speak. I told her, I was like, this is my first time here. She was like, oh, okay. Then didn't say what I needed to get, didn't suggest anything, just stood there and waited for me to place my order. Well, come to find out, this young lady is not a people's person. So I told her, I said, sweetheart, you probably need to hire you somebody who's able to speak to the customers when they come in because I'm not the only one who wants somebody to speak to them. So you don't want to lose customers because... 
you're not a people's person or you don't have a uh, custom service skills. You want to make sure that you either hire somebody or you take yourself down to your local community college. They have customer service courses or human service courses all the time. Sometimes they're free or less than $300. <laughs> I'm not about to play with you. I'm just saying, look, listen, shit, I ain't got time. If I'm going to tell you something. If I walk in the store and you don't speak to me, I'm probably going to walk back out. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm old, man. I need folks to see. No, no, no. I agree because I, I actually am the type of person when I'm when I have time, I will absolutely make them speak. Hello, good morning. How are you? Correct. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's me. I feel you. Um, the shift gears a little bit. What what's your what is your proudest moment to date? Child. My proudest moment is my last event that I had. It was called Milk Cookies and Conversations. And let me tell you something. It was 75 damn people that RSVP for this event. It was free. So I stopped promoting it on Facebook because I was like, I only want a certain amount of people to come because this, this place that I'm having it, it is real small. I get there. I'm out. Look, I'm always late to my own events. I get there 30 wow. minutes late. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why. Okay. The anticipation of me get, coming to my event, it is so heavy on me because I don't know. You know, people can RSVP. They can pay their money, but they still won't show up. So me walking in late to my event to see people makes me feel better versus me being there on time and waiting for people to come. So that's why I'm late. I'm going to stop doing it this year. However. I would hope that's so. That's why I'm late. <laughs> Look, I'm just being honest. That's just the truth of the matter. Okay. But this but this last event was when I walked in there, got there at 5.30, started at 5, and it was less than 15 people in there. And I was like, man, what are you folks at? Like, I, I, when I tell you, I was so depressed in the moment. I just was like, wow, this is crazy. How does 75 people RSVP for an event? It's less than 15 people in here. Mm-hmm. So people start straggling in, and I'm just like, well, now I guess folks going to talk about me. Now, those are the things that ran through my mind. Folks going to talk about me. A. Nicole had this slow-ass event, <laughs> and woo 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 this, that, and other. Girl, them vendors was there, and they was like, girl, it's fine. You know, we, we going to have fun whether five people come or a thousand people come. I'm just In my head, I'm saying, hell no. Nah. No, we not. Baby, by the time of that event was over, when I say we was all in there crying, and it was just so freaking amazing. And one thing one of the speakers said was, it's not in the numbers. It's the impact that was left. Mm-hmm. So the next day, baby, I got tagged in so many statuses on Facebook. Hey, Nicole, your event was the bomb. I can't wait till you have another one. And then I was getting inboxes. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry that I didn't come to the event. Let me see, let me cash up you $25. Let me cash up you $50. I say what now? You want to do what? So that was one of my proudest moments because in that moment, I had to realize it's not about the numbers. It's about the impact. That's real. Wow. I hope y'all were taking notes, man. That that was a nugget right there for sure. And I believe that I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine about um, <laughs> buying followers for Instagram. And he and I both agreed that he's lame for doing that. But he said he was following um, 
the advice of a marketing specialist he hired. Um, and but for me, you know, I I know that I built my businesses um, the grassroots way, and I know that because of that, I'm able to really impact people for longevity. Like I have, you know, my story and our relationships that we're building that really matters to me over like likes and numbers and things like that. And then when it comes to, to business and revenue anyway, I know for a fact that followers and likes don't equate to dollars anyway. Um, you know, you could have three committed people that really spend a lot of money with you versus a thousand people that's just there on your social media platform. So I think it's really important for people to kind of really identify what matters to them, what's important to them. And for me, like you, you know, it's definitely impact. So that's real. That's, that's real good. Absolutely. And I agree with you. Before we get out of here, one of the things that I like to do is um, a a mogul Mount Rushmore. So I want you to give us four people dead or alive that you would have in your mogul Mount Rushmore that had some type of influence in your life as a business owner. I'm going to be honest, my mom, my dad, my grandma and my granddad. Nobody famous, nobody, you know, that everybody knows. And I'm just going to be honest. My granddad has always said, you got to invent something and you have to make money for yourself. You know, you got to be a jack jack of all trades. And my granddad is 86 years old. And we have this conversation every time I see him. What what are you doing to, to invent something? What are you doing to make money for yourself? You got your own business yet? And so wow. in, in my mind, it, it, he's 86 years old and he says this all of the time. I'm like, shoot, I need to, he right. I need to go, you know, build something or invent something or do something to make some money for myself. Because this comes from a man who made 25 cents an hour washing cars and has made a name for himself. You know, he has a house and a car and all of these things that we want as young adults. He has that already and paid cash for everything that he has. And so this is a man that can go to his bank account and be like, here's $10,000. And you like, well, what you do every day? You know? So I'm like, okay, I have to do something for my family because I'm constantly being pushed by granddad and grandma. And I see my parents as entrepreneurs. Like those are my motivations. That's real. And that's, that's a beautiful story that, yeah, that, that is an amazing story, but I want you to know, cause it's something for me, it was kind of new for me to learn that that experience is very rare. Right. Um, very, very rare. You know, I, of course, you know, was raised by serial entrepreneurs. Um, over 75% of my family is entrepreneurs for anyone that's listening. Um, you know, I didn't realize how uncommon it was. I mean, I knew it wasn't common, but I didn't, but because, you know, you build your life and your perspective based off of your environment. And so that's all I knew is to have additional streams of income. That's all that's ever been embedded in me. And so, man, that's amazing. And that that's amazing to even have him still in your life to kind of continue to pour into you. So that's dope. Um, yeah, and I think that people have people in their lives, but sometimes we, we, we can't let go of people's past. And uh, we don't really see the jewels that we have in front of us because we can't let go of whatever is going on or whatever happened. I think we have jewels right in front of us. We just so often look out into, you know, who's in the media or who's the famous person that's on their grind and doing what they do. But we definitely have people that are right beside us that can encourage us to do whatever we got going on. 
you know, you're absolutely right. And I think to piggyback off of that is just like we have jewels and we have people that um, have different roles in our lives, uh, regardless of if we acknowledge it or recognize it or not, that kind of goes in the same hand as when I speak about uh, support and people that support you and don't support you. And what a friend of mine said, and she was actually on the first episode of Cup of Grind podcast, she mentions is that people have different roles in your life in the way that they support you. So it may not look as support to you because they're not purchasing or they may not be in attendance at an event. They still are there in a different, um, and they still are there in a supportive role because they may be who you go to you want when you want to escape. When you want to just talk about music or talk about bullshit or, or send um, funny memes and, and videos on social media to kind of get away from business, they are support for you in that role. Or they may just be there to listen to you when you want to vent and when you want to cuss folks out, you call and tell them about it. And so we we have to be mindful of the roles that people play in our lives and also not set an expectation of them that they don't even plan on upholding and that they know nothing about. Right. It's one of the realest things that I had to come to acknowledge and accept in my own life personally and professionally. So absolutely. I agree. So I'm going to close with some kind of deep, but it's got to be asked, what lesson did you learn? What lesson did you learn through your heartbreak that you've been able to apply in your business? Girl, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Sit up, sit up, sit up. Look, we get real on the po- on the cover ground podcast. Okay? God damn, I had chills go through my body. Like, wait. Mm. What lesson did I learn? I learned to stop hiding behind the mask. So for years, I hid everything that, I mean, when I say I hid every goddamn thing, I hid that we lived together. I hid that he had kids. I hid that he was a dope dealer. I hid everything. And all I did was continue to smile, even when I wanted to cry, even when I wanted to give up, even when I went to, back in 2012, went to Lakeside, I hid that from everybody. Because I was so scared what people were going to say. And because I grew up in a Church of God in Christ background, that was my background. So it was it's ministers and pastors and evangelists all in my family. And, you know, when you are raised in the church, you just taught a different way. So I was just hiding. And I had to learn that I can't keep hiding because all it's doing for me is putting me in a deeper, dark space. And that's where I was sinking in. And my outlet was going on Facebook Live, telling everybody what to do, but I wasn't doing it. So mm-hmm. I had to say, you know what? I can't do this no more. I can't keep lying and flogging and shit. I got to come out, come come from behind this mask and be who Alex or A. Nicole really needs to be because if I don't, I'm going to die. That's how I feel. Wow. I felt like every day I was dying and I had to come out. Wow. Wow. Did you drop the mic? Because that's it. Man, I, re- I appreciate <laughs> you. Um, I knew that you would hit us heavy, um, but some things that needed to be said, needed to be acknowledged, and the conversations that need to be had when it comes to being an entrepreneur, getting into business. And realistically, we all have a business inside of us, just like your granddaddy keeps telling you, what are you going to invent? What are you going to do? What business are you going to start, man? So I really appreciate you for sharing with us. This has been dope. I'm so happy I got you on. 
I know. I'm like, I was all scared and shit. Listen. I'm like, it ain't even like that. I'm like, man, look, we real. I told her, we look, look, we, look, what I tell you, real laid back, chill, be you. That's what I want. I don't want none of that stuffy stuff. None of that. Well, you got it, honey. You got me. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Until next time, um, where can we find you on social media? You can always follow me at I am the A Nicole, or you can get on my website. It's the same thing. I am or the the however you want to say it. I am the A Nicole. It's all social media alices all the same. I appreciate you, ma'am. Until next time. All right. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, and schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's j-a-d-a-d-a-v-i-s.com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.